Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Brett Lusky. Thanks for being on the show, Brett. Whitney, thank you for having me. Been looking forward to it for a while. Yeah, I was honored to meet you. I know you'd brought it up and mentioned that we met a few months back at the old Capitol Conference in Dallas. That is correct. Yeah. It's been, a, a, it's been a long few months. Yeah, it seems like it was so much longer ago than it was. But great event, by the way. And, and I just encourage the listeners to look it up as well. But a little about Brett, in case you haven't heard of him before. He's a partner at Fairmont Management Company, a third-party management company based out of Dallas, Texas. Fairmont was founded in 1994 and offers comprehensive accounting and financial reporting and they employ experienced and dedicated property supervisors and managers. Brett, I'm looking forward to this conversation because, you know, there's not a ton of management companies who've been around that long as well, you know, much less, you know, that's had maybe the, the employees who have the experience as well that, you know, some of your group or most of your team, it sounds like, has. Uh, so looking forward to getting into that. But give the listeners a little more about who you all are a little bit, because I know quite a few of them are in Dallas and maybe they'll reach out to you if they don't know you already. But tell us a little more about Fairmont and, uh, and let's jump into some of this management stuff that we need to know. Sure. So Fairmont is third-party management company. We manage mainly multifamily, but we also manage office, retail, industrial. Those have just kind of come organically through, you know, 1031 exchanges and stuff like that. But really, Whitney, our bread and butter is the multifamily industry. We were founded in 1994 by my current partner and my father-in-law. I got into the company about five years ago. And, you know, throughout the course of Fairmont, what we have found is that treating people correctly and treating them the way that we want to be treated leads to overall success in general. Maybe, you know, you have the bumps in the road, but overall you, you kind of consistently move up as you treat people with the golden rule. Hmm. Treating people correctly leads to overall success. I couldn't agree more. And I look forward to diving into that a little bit because I know you had mentioned even before we recorded just, you know, how, you know, keeping employees long term, just how that creates, you know, not only success for you all, but just for the owners and operators as well, you know, of the properties. I mean, the owners of the properties you all are servicing and I'm looking forward to getting into that. But let's talk about that a little bit and what that means to you all, you know, treating people correctly. What, what does that mean? Sure. So Whitney, first of all, you know, it starts with our employees but it also works with our residents. But we understand that the residents can't be treated correctly if we don't have the proper employees in place that, you know, in their defense, they feel, you know, respected and appreciated. Our regional managers have been with our company over 20 years. We have maintenance guys that have also been with us over 20 years. Other managers have been with us over 10 years. And I mean, you know, that you just get in the routine. They are properly compensated. So they don't have a reason to leave. But other than that, whenever you treat people with the respect and, you know, you value their opinions, they want to work for you and they want to work hard. And, you know, that kind of has the trickle down effect where they treat the residents in the same way and leads to overall success. 
I mean, this could apply to whether you're, you know, we're on the operator side or, you know, we're, you have the real estate business or whether you're a management company or whether you're a software company, you know, it's like, you know, treating people the way you, you, know, you want to be treated, right? I mean, just goes such a long ways. But I'd love to know a little bit more. I mean, you, know, you talked about how you all have employees and managers that's been with you all 10 years or more. And then, you know, even some maintenance people who's been there 20 years. And it sounds like, you know, numerous, that goes for numerous employees. It's not just like one or two or just the founders. You know, some people say that when it's like just the founders been there that long. But I'd love to know a little more about some tips that are things that you all did to maintain employees that long and keep them happy, you know, or to motivate them to work and, you know, things like that. Sure. So a few things that we do do is uh, we do provide health insurance for our employees. That is, you know, obviously everybody wants it and we offer a robust package with that. We also, look, we also treat them, uh, I mentioned earlier, but we compensate them in a fair manner. And look, uh, we sometimes get in trouble whenever we're writing pro formulas for potential clients because, you know, we're sitting there writing it and we're writing it with realistic numbers. You know, a client will kind of come back to us and say, hey, man, I need my payroll expense to be, you know, 850 bucks a unit to make this work. And we're sitting there saying, well, realistically, it's about 1300 bucks, you know, a month. And you kind of go back and forth. And then you kind of pose the question of, you know, the difference between 18 bucks an hour and 15 bucks an hour. It's roughly $700 a month, right? By you paying that person three extra dollars a month and it costs you an extra 700, but they're bringing you in an extra $5,000 a month. Are you ever going to question, you know, the added expense? And arguably the answer is no, but whenever you're sitting there, you know, fighting for these deals and underwriting them, it's hard to look at the big picture of that way. And look, part of our challenge is, you know, Dallas has been such a competitive marketplace for the past, you know, 10 years that it is hard to find new managers, right? Because that makes me nervous whenever we have to go out and we pick up a new property and we bring in somebody new. Those aren't people that have been with our company for 10 years. Those are people that have been with us for, you know, the interview process, right? But we understand that having the proper people in place is key to the success of the property. So we'll sit there and look, they'll go through an extensive interview process. You know, they'll interview with the regional manager. If we have to, we'll bring in another manager to interview. They'll interview with myself. They'll interview with my business partner just because we realize how important bringing in the right people is to the ultimate success of the property. No doubt about it. Like we had talked about, I mean, I think it goes for whether it's my executive assistant or whether it's, you know, some type of management position. It's so important who they are. And I love thinking through sometimes like how to show them that I appreciate them, you know, how we, you know, and motivate them to work. And what do you all have some examples of how you all have done that? Sure. I mean, just look, man, I can renovate a property and we can go out there and pick the paint colors and stuff. But instead of me walking out there and telling the manager to stay in the office and just keep leasing, it's Hey, come walk with me. What do you think of option A compared to option B? Which one do you like better? Which one do you think that your residents would like? And look, that's not a financial compensation at all, but that is a respect that you are giving them to let them be vested in the property. And that stuff matters also. It almost gives them some like ownership, feeling of ownership, right? They get to make some decisions. 100%. Love that. Yeah. It'll actually be interesting. I mean, I know that we're interviewing on you know, April 29th, this is coming out later in the month. But what'll be interesting to me is to see the employee pool going into the summer, right? Because 
look, for the past eight months, we've been fighting with everybody for this manager or that manager. And it's not like the pool was that large to where, look, people are getting laid off. There's going to be a larger employee pool to where short term, this isn't very fun for anybody, but long term, this actually could be, if you can, obviously you got to maintain and you got to stay above water, but this could be a positive in the long term for a lot of people if they're able to hire you know the right employees because of you know the virus. Yeah. You know, and on this note, we've talked numerous times on the show about different questions, say that that operators should ask management companies when they're interviewing, you know, and just thinking through which management company we should use. But I was thinking about how it's not talked about very often about the questions maybe we should ask about your employees. We think about the manager on site, maybe some policies, procedures, you know, that you all have in place. How do you do some specific things? But do you have anything uh, at the top of your mind that maybe an operator should ask, you know, the management company that we're looking to employ about, you know, their employees and how they treat their employees? So I'm going to take a step back from that question because Whitney, if I were to manage your property, the only employees that you should theoretically be worrying about are the employees at your property. So while I can sit there and say, yeah, this person's been with us 10 years or this person's been with us 20 years, if they don't directly affect you, it doesn't really. Sure. Yeah, it matters because it proves that we're good guys, but ultimately like, that's not going to affect your property, right? I think that a key question to ask management companies is, who do I get to talk to? And yep. not just, a, oh yeah, we have the policies and procedures in place. No, whenever there's a problem at the property, who do I get to talk to? Do I get to talk to the regional manager? Do I have to talk to an asset manager? Do I talk to the principal of the company? Who's the mover and shaker that I get to talk to? And if you're telling me that, look, man, make sure you get the right answer, right? If you're one of those guys that wants to talk to the principal of the company, pick the company that you're allowed to do that, right? If you're okay being part of a larger company to where maybe you talk to an asset manager who has to go above and beyond to get a boiler replacer or, or whatnot, then maybe that's the route that you'd go. But look, what I don't think that everybody realizes is that you're almost marrying a management company whenever you are buying these properties, right? Like I like all the brokers in Dallas, but you don't talk to them for throughout the entire lifeline of the property. Your insurance agent, you talk to them a couple of times a year and, you know, during certain times of the year, uh, more than others, the loan brokers. I mean, those are guys that are very important to the key to your success, but we're the guys that you talk to every single day. So I would just make sure to ask the questions to get the right fit for you. And look, sometimes you're going to go and you're going to think that you have the right fit and it turns out not to be just personality based or, or whatever, but make sure that you're getting with the right size company and the right personalities going into the property. Cause it's look, man, it's a lot easier to go through and enjoy your day and to tackle the issues if you're enjoying the person that you're tackling them with, rather than looking at your phone and seeing caller ID and saying, God, I don't want to talk to that person for five minutes. So yeah, that would, that would be my advice for who you are talking to in a, you know, whenever you're interviewing the management company. You talked about their personality a little bit. How would we know that? How would we think through that or figure that out through that interview process? Yeah. So look, I, you build your team before you should even make offers on the property, right? Mm -hmm. We joke back and forth that we interview the potential client as much as the potential client interviews us. We don't take every property just because it's another business decision. We look at it and we sit there and say, Whitney, we've talked for three hours now and 
yeah, part of it was about the business and how we run things. But part of it was also, you know, hey, man, what's going on with the Cowboys draft or what's going on with, you know, the Redskins who I hate, but you're from Virginia. So that's probably your team type of a thing. And just look, just the general banter going back and forth. Look, setting up how you want the business run, making sure it fits with like how we run it. Those are just those are things that while you can't guarantee success, they do greatly increased your odds of having the success because look man you're buying properties with hundreds of people living in them that don't own these properties there's going to be bad stuff that happens at these properties so who are you willing to deal with that sort of stuff with and you know just get through it and be okay with it for sure for sure no that's great information and but you know let's talk about you know like What's happened in April and how you all dealt with it a little bit, you know, it's great talking to somebody like yourself because, I mean, you are, you're in the thick of it, right? I mean, and not just with one property or a couple properties, but, you know, you all are taking care of many properties. And so it's great to, you know, like I said, have somebody like yourself on the show. So let's talk about what's happened in April a little bit. Maybe we cover collections a little bit and what you all expected and, you know, kind of how that ended up. Sure. So I think that April across the board not just for us, but for the entire industry has ended up way better than expected. Um, Mm -hmm. I know that kind of whenever the economy started to go down because of the COVID-19 virus, it was, oh my God, the world's instantly ending. That was mid-March and it was like, oh my God, April's going to be the worst month that we've, you know, ever had, or at least in the past 12 months, right? Well, looking back on it, even people that were laid off, they were laid off mid to late March. So just kind of from a timeline perspective. So while they might not have had their full March, you know, income coming in, they had part of it. Plus the stimulus checks have started to roll out in April to where we've actually ended up much higher than expected. And we've ended up at 97% collected, which is, you know, a huge pat on the back or whatever you want to call it for our managers. Cause they're the ones speaking to the residents every day. And to stop at April real quick, you know, some of the items that we've done, we've kind of have a, a running list that we're consistently putting out to the residents that not only have places that are offering rental assistance, Salvation Army to name one, some of your local food banks, et cetera, your local churches, but we are also keeping a running list of which companies are hiring, which look, whether these residents take advantage of the resources that we're providing, we at least have to be able to provide those resources to where the two or three that sit there and say, hey man, I'm gonna take you up on that. Here you go, it's click and go to the website type of a thing. Now, look, I am nervous about May and June and however long, you know, the stay at home orders are taking place. I'm happy Governor Abbott is starting to, you know, release those orders to where some people are going back to work. But look, from a personal standpoint, that makes me nervous just because like what happens if, you know, a month from now, everybody goes back to work or starts going out or is hanging out at North Park or wherever. And, you know, by all means, there's another huge outbreak. Then are we I'll go into another stay at home. I don't know, but just in our current, you know, our, where we currently are in our time frame, a lot of the people that have been laid off aren't back at work yet. So each, you know, continuous month is going to get more difficult with collections just because you're burning through savings account, you're adding to credit card payments. I mean, all that stuff matters and eventually people are just going to run out of money. Yeah. So tell me, how has that been, say, uh, if you could break it down, and you don't have to know these numbers right off the top of your head, but you probably have a pretty good idea, say, per class, you know, A, B, or C, what's been the worst, uh, you know, during this time? So we managed 
specifically B and C class properties. I mean, it's funny, realistically across our board, we're kind of all, I think our lowest property is at 90% collected. It's one of our smaller properties in kind of a tertiary market. Look, it's a rough property. It's one that struggles more so with collection. So while I'm sitting there saying, yeah, it's 90% collected. Well, it's about where it usually is. I can't sit there and say, well, it's down 10%. They're all kind of where they're supposed to be. Again, not to belabor the point, but I do think that May and June are going to be very telling. And I think those are going to be the months that, look, I think that the threshold of what you collected in April is the top of where you're going to collect in May. If you collected 94% in April, don't expect to collect 96% in May. I think your ceiling is whatever you collected in April. So look, we'll see what happens. I think just a few minutes ago, they, you know, announced a medicine to come out that, you know, might help COVID. And if something pops up in the next week, I think that, you know, this conversation completely changes. So it's a moving target, man. So how has your all's operations changed as far as the way you work with tenants? You know, and that could be communication. It could be accepting partial payments. You know, what are maybe a couple of things that you all have had to change just the way you operate? Yeah, sure. So we, you know, we had the offices down to where tenants can't just come in and hang out. They need to call if there's issues. We're also looking at it from a what's a an emergency work order compared to just what's a work order that here's a light bulb and somebody just needs it changed in the bathroom type of a thing. We're looking at those. We're offering more virtual tours. All of our properties are set up to accept online payments, both credit cards, ACHs, and money orders. And look, a lot of those were set up to where the tenant eats the fee. Well, these properties have turned around and they're eating the fee for the time being just because we want as little of face-to-face interaction as possible. I mean, it's like going to the grocery. I don't really want to talk to people. So if I sit there and say, I don't want to talk to people, it's hard for me to sit there and put our employees in that same space. And at the same time, like just look for the betterment of humanity. The further apart we are right now in the, the proper social distancing, I think the better off we're going to be. So we're doing that sort of stuff, online tours, you know, even if it's just a you're texting back and forth with the resident, you walk through the unit and send them a video. Well, I mean, there's just multiple things that we are tackling in more of a virtual world. But look, our teams are in place. We have our managers working from nine to five. Our maintenance staff is there. Our maintenance staff is split up to where they're working in make readies just to keep them moving all the time, but they aren't working together. They're, you know, in separate units. So it's just being cognizant of the space in which people occupy while being efficient at the properties. What's the best way you all have been able to keep occupancy up right now? People aren't wanting to move right now. I mean, I don't want to oversimplify it, but the people that there is less traffic right now, but there is a greater percent of you leasing to the person that is looking. Why? Because people aren't just window shopping right now. The people that are looking at apartments are the ones that are looking to move. And with that being said, look, again, I'm referring to this in a Dallas window because that's where we live, but Dallas the past however long has been, you know, upgrade a unit and lease it for 150 bucks, $200 more, right? And that's just kind of been the bread and butter, right? You put in vinyl plank, you upgrade the fixtures, you redo the painting, you spend four to $7,000 depending on the size of the unit. And, you know, it's kind of like a simple math formula and it works, but look, if that's still the formula that you want to go with, great. That's not the formula that we're necessarily prescribing right now. It's a walk these units. If you just need to touch up the paint and, you know, clean the unit and it's not an upgrade unit and you have to lease at the old rent, 
get somebody in because the, you know, just to throw out a number, 650 is a lot more than zero right now. Putting somebody in that unit is important. And if you're overpriced or that unit could sit there for a while and you could be, you know, disappointed in the long term. So being in your shoes, getting to see all these properties, how they're operating, working with so many operators, what has been a few things that have made some operators stand out as far as how they were prepared for, you know, uh, something like the coronavirus or something hitting them like this, you know, or some type of downturn, you know, are there any things that you see that stood out that said, okay, you know, I can think of these four operators and they did this or these things. I think this all hit us like a sledgehammer really quick to where nobody was really prepared for it. I think that the biggest thing comes back to your underwriting, making sure that, you know, you're able to sustain the expenses that you currently have, man. If your mortgage, look, the people that are getting in trouble are the ones that their mortgage is eating up 70% of their income right now, or just to throw out a number, just a huge amount. So it comes back to buying it correctly, man. I mean, the people that have the cash flow at the end of the month are the ones that are able to take the, the 10, 15% decrease in revenue moving forward. But the ones that are requiring every single penny are going to be the ones that are in trouble over the next couple of months. Mm. Brett, what's a way that you all have improved your business recently that we could apply to ours? Look, man, we're always in touch with our residents, but just making sure that they're taken care of, man. I mean, and, and remember that they are going through this also. But with that being said, you know, from a renter standpoint, do you look at it and say the big bad wolf is coming to collect my rent? Whenever realistically, your rental income is going to maintain the property. So whenever somebody comes to you and say, well, I'm not going to pay you because you can't evict me, don't just turn around and say, well, great, fine, we're going to evict you as soon as possible. But, you know, kind of have the friendly reminder of, well, you know, we're using your money to maintain the parking lot or to resurface the pool or, or, you know, put a playground in for your children and, and kind of bring the humane perspective back to managing and owning these properties. Hmm. So what's the one thing, if you could pick one thing for you personally, that's contributed to your success? Taking the high road. And look, man, I, I keep coming back to, I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old right now. And Congratulations. I have to, yeah. Thanks, man. I have to tell you, my four-year-old is learning basically all the stuff that I am telling you on this podcast, but man, I can't stress it enough. Just being a good person. Look, stuff is going to happen. It's the real estate industry and not everything is, you know, sugar and gumdrops. It's hard and there's bad stuff that happens, man, but just taking the high road, working with your clients, realizing that stuff happens and that you're going to get through it together is not only is it going to lead to long-term success, but you're going to have better days because of it. Mm. Tell us how you like to give back. How do I like to give back? Well, I volunteer at the local, you know, one of the local churches that I'm involved with, you know, our kids school, teaching my kids and their friends how to play baseball and stuff like that. Just trying to help the next generation coming up. Cool. Brett, grateful for your time today. Just great discussion. I, I appreciate just the focus on the the HR side, you know, and working with employees. And it's such an important part of any business. But, you know, especially in your all's case, that flows through to the operator in a big way. No doubt about it. And congratulations on the 97% collected as well. But tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you and learn more about you all. Sure. Well, Whitney, first of all, thank you as well. This was greatly appreciate you inviting me to be on the show. I look forward to your continued success as well. 
but you can reach us either at calling, you know, my direct line 972-284-1045, or you can email me directly at blusky, L-U-S-K-E-Y at fairmontmanagement.com. We'd love to help out in any way possible. Awesome, Brett. That's a wrap. Thank you very much. Thanks, man. I appreciated it. Don't go yet. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I would love it if you would go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. I want to hear your feedback. It makes a big difference in getting the podcast out there. You can also go to the Real Estate Syndication Show on Facebook so you can connect with me and we can also receive feedback and your questions there that you want me to answer on the show. Subscribe too so you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, I want to keep you updated. So head over to lifebridgecapital.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with me, sign up on the contact us page so you can talk to me directly. Have a blessed day and I will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.